The biggest trend I'm seeing is just C-level executives at B2B companies choosing to go forward with investment, with the decision to change how they're doing sales models. And that's exciting. And that's the core part of our business is helping with that transformation. Welcome to the Agile Digital Transformation Podcast, where we explore different aspects of digital transformation and digital experience with your host, Tim Butera, Content and Community Manager at Agile Drop. Hello, everyone. Thanks for tuning in. Our guest today is Andrew Walker, CEO of Shift7, a leading digital agency for manufacturers and distributors. In this episode, we'll explore the topic of digital transformation in manufacturing and distribution and complete that with the best practices for digitalization and digital strategy in these areas. Welcome, Andrew. It's great having you with us on the show today. Anything to add before we begin? I'm just very glad to be here and always appreciative of others taking the time to talk to us about the front office digital transformation in B2B companies. It's a topic that is our singular and exclusive focus, so it's very near and dear to us, but it's glad to see that it's getting definitely the last three or four years more traction and your interest is uh, is part of it. So thank you. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah, you're definitely the right person to talk to about this then. So let's kick things off with the number one question, which is, what have you seen to be the biggest trend or, or the biggest impact of the ongoing digital transformation on the fields of manufacturing and distribution? Yeah, we have a, a phrase within our company. We call it the KISS method, K-I-S-S, keep it simple shifter. And so I'll keep my answer simple because it is the biggest trend is a simple one. And that is simply the desire and the initiative to go and to get started by these B2B organizations. Many of these manufacturers, CPG and distribution companies have had the same sales model for decades. You know, often they were originated in the 80s or 90s. They were sales models just for refresher that were largely driven by in-person relationships, in-person sales, uh, maybe have gravitated towards catalog sales models and or using facts or even frankly taking pictures of an order sheet on a piece of paper and, and, and emailing it in. Uh, <laughs> while that sounds, that is digital, that's still a little old school and archaic. And so the biggest shift and trend is just the fact that these organizations that have watched financial services, retail, hospitality, all these companies move to a more digital customer experience in the 90s, in the 2000s, it's 2022. And they are just now on what we like to call generation 1.0 of digital transformation. And that's okay. A variety of things have helped to get see that trend there. And we can talk about that today. But the biggest trend I'm seeing is just C-level executives at B2B companies choosing to go forward with investment, with the decision to change how they're doing sales models. And that's exciting. And that's that's the core part of our business is helping with that transformation. I, I think the, the key point here is the transition to new sales models, right? Because I think that if you took new elements and introduced them into the 
old sales models, which obviously have proven to be not as effective in the current age, there would be a lot of misalignment, I think. I mean, you could get lucky and succeed with that, but chances are much higher that, that you'll need you know, a new sales model to make the best use of all the new trends and all the new tools. And basically the shift in mindset, you know, you mentioned that it's yeah. the C-level executives that, that need to kind of, that need to drive this mindset, mindset shift. Yeah, there's a combination of things, if, if, if I may. Like one is there is a generational change. So, you know, the salespersons that were in their 20s and 30s in the 90s are now older perhaps even retiring or moving to retirement. So these B2B organizations need to think about different sales methods, either new individuals or new ways to do it. So there's a new generation that wants to interact and even conduct sales themselves, if it is a human being, in a much more online way. Both themselves, they don't want to carry around a catalog. They want to be able to email a product listing page to a potential client or customer. They don't want to make a call to the back office to see if there's an inventory of 5,000 pieces. They want to be able to look it up on their phone to see, is there inventory for 5,000 pieces? And that's just the sales folks on the customer side. You know, we all want to see, is the, is the product available now? Can they ship it today or today? Can I see some specs on it? Can I see a video image? Can I turn it around 360? Can I see how it maybe is used in a situation or a project? I don't want to call someone about that necessarily. I don't want to read a manual necessarily. I want to have it my way. And I think that's on the customer side. So there's a lot of different forces that are changing the quote, as you said, the sales model. Um, and uh, I'd be I'd be lying to you if I told you that the last two years of the pandemic has not accelerated massively those desires, not just within B two B, but other 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 industries and sectors. Obviously, our own personal lives have changed, but in the B two B world, it has really helped accelerate it in a major way. And how are brands adapting to this acceleration and to all the new trends that that are brought about with it? Well, I guess the first thing I would say is they're really not new trends. Mm -hmm. They're not new trends to you and me. And frankly, most of these B2B organizations and the leaders, they have, they have, um, they use uh, Uber and they use Amazon and they use Yelp and DoorDash and they have their groceries delivered. So they're in their personalized. They're no, they're not a new trend to them. It's a new trend. I guess you might call it to the organization, how they operate. Mm -hmm. Um, but to your question on how are they adapting, it is, um, it is a bit confusing. It is a bit confusing. The reason why I say it's a bit confusing and confusing may not be the perfect word is that these organizations are not as educated and knowledgeable and, and smart as they as they think they need to be, which is true. There's probably a, a, a bit of naivete or embarrassment around the lack of knowledge of how these modern 2022 tools, technologies, platforms can help their sales models be effective in, in marketing and e-commerce, et cetera. And so they know the nouns, they know the buzzwords, they know the phrases, but there's a, there's a lack of depth of true understanding. And, you know, if you were to go to a chief marketing officer of a online grocer or a CIO of a retail organization, you know, whether it's here in the U S or in Europe, you know, you, 
they would be sophisticated on the tools and the technologies and the features and the functionality. And the way it's impacting these groups is they are they don't have that basis of understanding. And so there's a lot and lot and lot of learning. And my company, we do a lot of while we're selling, we do a lot of educating. We're educating, educating, educating on how this will work and what does this mean? And so that's that is a, a big impact to your question around these organizations. So, you know, they're we like to call it they're drinking from the fire hose. They're 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 taking a lot <laughs> in really fast. We did establish previously that the mindset shift is one of the key elements in companies being, being able to take advantage of all these new trends and new tools and the changes, basically. And how else can they reach that mindset shift if they don't have any education, if they don't have any learning, if they don't have any training? So I think that yeah. what you're doing at Shift7 is definitely the right way to go about it. Yeah, yeah. The great, great question. What if, if you're watching this and, and listening to you and I talk about this transformation shift, what can you do as an executive at a at a, at a manufacturer of a distributor? Great question. Obviously, you can you can Google things, you can read articles, et cetera. You can tap it, tap into your board members, et cetera. But you know, the best thing you can do is to hire an executive. We call them chief digital officers. Um, they're becoming more and more commonplace. Um, it's not a it's an it's an expensive hire. It's a talented individual. Often they come from um, non B two B industries because they've done this before in retail, financial services, etc. Um, but hiring an executive that that has that na- that knowledge base already and they're coming in and they're going to learn the industry they're going to learn the sector they're going to learn the business model but they're bringing in the acumen and the and the business knowledge around digital customer experiences digital technologies how to do transformation and obviously you can work with, work with consultants like shift 7 of course of course but it's really important to have an, a steward and a champion internally at a b2b organization otherwise you know, you are hiring a consultant like us to work with a CMO, a CIO, maybe somebody that within a marketing team, but they, this it's all going to be new to them. It's all going to be new to them and it's going to be an uphill a challenge. Now that's okay. And that can be done, but the best way to do it in a fast and, and, um, and kind of a confident answer, a confident way is to actually hire a chief digital officer. And we're seeing it more and more. I would just leave you with this. We, we did a, a study uh, around January, the first part of this year, how many of our clients have chief digital, chief digital officers and how many do not. Um, three years ago, it was less than 10%. Now it's up to 40%. Wow. So they're making that investment in this executive hire to champion and run and drive the budget initiatives, et cetera. So that's, that's, uh, that's helpful. We mostly okay. discuss all of this in the B2B context so far, but uh, when it comes to, you know, to these brands, to ma- manufacturing and distribution, to these fields, are there any differences between B2C companies and B2B businesses? What's the deal here? Yes, absolutely. Is the, is the quick answer. Absolutely. Yeah. And the main probably two differences are the technology platforms and and cloud options that are out there are way richer, way more mature than they were five years ago, 10 years ago for that matter. So the SAP, the Adobe's and one of the leading ones, salesforce.com, they have some really leading cloud software components that are really geared 
towards B2B organizations. And they have different feature functionalities than B2C cloud software. And so trying to take an e-commerce platform or a content management platform that is sort of generic and vanilla and apply it to a retail company and apply it to a B2B company can be done. Anything in technology can be done. But the, the great thing about the world we live in today is most of these enterprise cloud software organizations that have a vertical focus on B2B, they have feature functionalities that are unique and specific to manufacturers, to distributors that are different than, B, than retail. A great example would be something like split shipment. So in, in retail, that's not really a functionality. You know, you or I buy a sweater online. We typically don't want to buy two and have one sent to yourself and one sent to a different address. You want it all sent to one address. Well, in B2B, when you buy 500 widgets, you often want to send 100 to one distributor, another 100 to a different distributor, another 100 to a different distributor, and so on and so forth. And those are different addresses. So that is a feature functionality that is different as an example. And those exist within the platform and can be configured to each customer's requirements and specifications. So if I'm getting this correctly, it's it's the customer experience that's kind of the main differentiating factor. Uh, can we talk more about the role of CX in this context? Oh, yeah. I can talk a long time about that, and you, you <laughs> hit it right on the nose. That's um, a huge part of, of, of frankly, you know, any, any digital transformation, you know, as, as I just said a few minutes ago, the tech can do anything. At the end of the day, tech can, can make it work. It's all about time and money to get there, but there's not too many things that are impossible. But where the rubber hits the road or where the value really comes into play is the usability and the adoption and the experience, as you call it, that is defined within the framework of any sort of cloud technology platform. Could be content management, could be just a simple microsite, one-page landing page. It could be a whole e-commerce shopping experience, checkout, uh, shopping cart uh, experience. And so how you think about the usability of that is, is a bit of perspective and a point of view by the pros and visual designers and interaction designers. But the, the element that the client really needs to spend time in with a, an organization like us is to think about um, what we call the journey, the, the user's journey, the understanding that and making um, it as seamless as possible, as usable as possible, and, and uh, you know, on point as possible. So, for example, if you were to start every process with, hey, let's, let's, uh, let's start you here with understanding our brand, and then after understanding our brand and the online experience, you're going to let, let us know about our history, and we're, after a history, we're going to let you shop our products. And then after that, you can maybe check out. Well, the user journey might say that everybody does their research on Google or Yahoo to find out your history and who your brand is. And they want to go to immediately to a product, right to a product page. And if you don't understand that journey, you won't be able to design an experience that allows, allows the user to land right there. It's really important to do that research up front. That's something that we do with all of our clients to make sure that the experience is defined because speed is important for sure. Usability is important, but adoption, frustration, uh, drop off, all of these things you want to mitigate in it because uh, time is important. And there's a lot of often competitive 
and options for any user out there. And so you want to make it as seamless and as easy as possible to ensure that the product is working for you and that this is a business, this is an e-commerce transaction. I think you made some really great points here, Andrew, mm-hmm. especially you just repeated that the user journey has to be seamless. And, and I immediately thought of another huge factor that's contributing to the need for this. And it's the changing digital habits, you know, it's the transition and the heavy usage of mobile, but then still, still people have different habits. Some of them might check out a product on mobile, but then proceed with the checkout, you know, and, and kind of adding to cart and purchasing the, the product on their laptop and they would want the the journey to be seamless they would wouldn't want to log into log into their account exactly. again and there's just all of these i think that you already mentioned that before right that there's so many small elements that contribute to these changes and it's very hard to keep all of them in mind but you kind of need to right especially if you're the one designing these experiences and managing them yeah and to that point you you triggered another thought which is most you and I might shop for a pair of tennis shoes or a pair of shorts um, while we're at an airport or while we're in a taxi or maybe while we're in our backyard. In the B2B sense, most of the interactions used to happen right here, right in my office, right at my desk, et cetera, on my computer, et cetera. Um, that, is, that is the case for some, but when we do the journey research for other companies, now we find out that some of the suppliers um, are working remotely. They might be now starting to travel. So now they need a mobile experience or they may need something that just fits a different sort of journey. And once you, I guess the other thing about digital experiences is once you design them and put them in place, they don't exist forever. You have mm-hmm. to continue as a B2B organization. That's an education part. Hey, listen, every three months, six months, nine months, year at least annually take a look at your users and how they're interacting with your brand how they're researching how they're checking out and tech is changing all of our lives all the time and you want to make sure you're bringing that into your own business you know as soon as amazon changes some way to do checkout b2b organizations need to think about that because now these same people that are buying their online you know paper towels and toilet paper now they want to have a similar experience as it relates to their b2b functionality so constantly looking at and evaluate is important that's why uh, we call it a work in progress or a whip awesome i think that we we discussed a lot of interesting stuff and now in this final part of the episode andrew i'd like us to focus because i know we, we talked in the you know discovery pre- preliminary talks you mentioned that you work you have a lot of experiences with a lot of renowned brands that would be of particular interest to discuss here so can you share some of the most interesting you know lessons details insights from your from your work with brands such as you know lincoln electric global industrial etc yeah yeah you know as i was i was getting ready for your your call with me today i thought about um one of our toy manufacturers mm. um that really uh has gone through a a corporate transformation and part of their corporate transformation has been the digital transformation part. You know, there's a lot of large uh, consulting organizations, management consulting organizations like, you know, BCG, Booz Allen, McKinsey, et cetera, that do large corporate organization transformations. And a big part of their storyline is digital transformation. That's where Shift7 comes in place. And so this toy manufacturer, their sales models, we talked earlier, was 
predominantly built of about 50 uh, customer service reps that were in a customer service call center and any sort of small small to medium or large toy distributors from a small boutique that's in uh, New York City to Target or Walmart, they would call this 50 person call center to say, I need more, I need 100 more three-year-old puzzles, or I need 400 more stuffed animal elephants. And they would replenish the, it was a B2B transaction. They would replenish through those orders that way. It was a phone call. It was a fax. Sometimes even sophisticated was an email. They wanted to make all of this a self-service capability. They wanted the, the, the New York City boutique toy store to be able to go onto a website, see all of the toy products, see the inventory, see their preferred rates and prices for them that they had negotiated previously for all of their products that were unique to them. And be able to either create uh, either through credit card or or a PO, be able to make the transaction themselves at 11 p.m. at night, no phone call, no email, no fax, and they wanted to not terminate those call center folks, but they actually wanted to turn them into other individuals that could help in a in a different way. Whether it's focusing on bigger accounts that maybe needed to be more of a human to human interaction, maybe to focus on marketing activities. And so they've transitioned all 50 people to different types of roles and they've created the space for e-commerce to be a complete, what we call self-service function. And now these, all the the, uh, distributors and even boutique toy stores that interact with their brand, they do all the replenishment, all their ordering through an online tool just like you and I buy, you know, our groceries or whatever online. And so that was not only a, uh, a strategic move that, that changed how they do sales, but it also created more profitability and stickiness retention in their existing customers. Additionally, they started with the reposition of their marketing, started to, to reach other toy distributors that they'd never worked before and say, listen, we're easy to work with. We have a website. You have, we can get you a login and password and authenticate it and give you some preferred pricing. And you can see all this in shop on your own terms. And that, as I said all that, that probably feels very B2C. It feels probably very you and me in retail, but that's the transformation that most of these organizations are going. And that's a perfect example of what we want to be helping B2B companies move from a very dated legacy, multi-decade ago model to today. I love that example. It's not one that you would typically think of when you when you were uh, listening to a topic about digital transformation, but that's why I love it even more. And you mentioned the phrase human to human, and I think that's the catch here, right? Because most of these transactions, most of the stuff, even if it's B2C, if it's B2B, I think that we've already discussed this on at least one episode, but it, it bears repeating because it's such an important point. It's all mostly having to do with humans. Even if you're interacting with software, some human designed that software, some human is managing that software. So in this sense, you know, it, it, it's the only logical step for this move to happen that, that we would kind of perceive b2b sales as having more b2c elements i guess yeah yeah and then and that's that's where the world should be going that's where technology can be really exciting and fun and beneficial in a big way and there's a learning curve there's a learning curve for you for me and to get to get up to speed and then things change right and then we got to learn some more 
So you can imagine uh, how much education and knowledge there is. And I will share this last thing with you. You know, one of the things for any B2B listener out there on your call is that there is a fair amount of um, sympathy or empathy that we have for our clients. You know, they're coming from a place of real latency and behind, behind, you know, and sort of the knowledge base. And the last thing you want to do with anybody that's playing catch up is to make them feel awkward or uncomfortable. So have an empathy for their position, where they're at, and say, hey, I'm going to bring you here. I'm going to move you with me versus come on, come on, come on, move, move, move. let's go, let's go. Like, you know, n- nobody likes to be educated and, 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 and taught like that. So a big part of what you're doing, which I appreciate through sessions like this, as well as what we try to do is, yeah, we're running for profit business, but we're also trying to make sure that we get people educated and smart on the way, because it's all going to benefit all of us in the end. So anyway, thank you for having me. Andrew, this was such a great way to finish the episode. I really enjoyed our discussion. Thank you so much for being our guest today. Just before we we wrap up the call, if uh, people listening would like to reach out to you or maybe learn more about Shift7, where would you point them to? Our website is the best spot, as always, www.shift7digital.com and a lot of different ways to contact us there. But thank you again for having me. Super exciting that you've taken the time for us. And uh, it's a great topic we're obviously passionate about. Awesome. The feeling's mutual. Thanks for joining (laughs) us, Andrew. Okay. Sounds good. Bye. Have a nice day. And to our listeners, that's all for this episode. Have a great day, everyone, and stay safe. Thanks for tuning in. If you'd like to check out our other episodes, you can find all of them at agiledrop.com slash podcast, as well as on all the most popular podcasting platforms. Make sure to subscribe so you don't miss any new episodes. And don't forget to share the podcast with your friends and colleagues.